0: Welcome, this is Leading with Spirit, the show that gives you an in-depth look at topics like what it takes to navigate your spiritual journey, how to heal yourself and grow your spiritual gifts, and balanced practices to expand your business and your spiritual leadership. I'm your host, Spirit Bird, shamanic teacher, healer, and author, here to guide you on your journey to becoming your most potent spiritual leader. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to be talking with Christine Marie here today. She's a medicine woman who brings together years of self healing and spiritual abilities to support others in their self healing journeys. She has one foot firmly rooted in the world of personal development and the other connected to the intuitive realms. And she actually brings together many modalities from Reiki and shamanic healing to artistry to, and even a background in Western medicine as a registered nurse has lots of beautiful offers to help you along your spiritual journey and to open up your magic and works with a lot of different tools. So welcome Christine. Thank you so much. I should ask, do you prefer to go by Christine Marie? Christine Marie is preferred. Yes. Right after I said that, I was like, I don't think I've ever just called you Christine, but great. So, um, I am most curious to hear about, um, so you, you do a lot of work with expression And I am really curious to hear about what um, you wrote a book, correct? Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that and your journey with how that all started?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So my first published book was uh, Breaking Free, A Self-Healing Journey. And it was a book that I knew was in in me since I was a young child. Um, And for me, honestly, writing that book was all about me stepping into my voice and my gifts as a healer. And um, I have, you know, a lot of childhood trauma that has mm, kind of prevented me from really stepping forward into my voice. And so that was kind of like the breaking free point of me being like, I'm done with self-sabotage. I'm going to step more into actually shining and sharing my light and my gifts with the world. Um, So that, you know, others could be supported from that gift. And it's a really interesting journey because a lot of what I share is all about really coming back to your true self after um, essentially distracting myself with many other things that were so out of alignment, like um, a previous uh, relationship that it was a a toxic and an abusive one. Like being in a job, I actually didn't really fully align with um, having friends that I really didn't feel like were able to connect with me on a a wavelength that I felt like I embodied. Um, So, all these things in my external world were mirroring to me what was happening within, and writing Breaking Free was my liberation from from all of that misalignment that I was kind of struggling with. Mm -hmm. When you
0: decided to write and share that with others, did you have, what was that like? Were you like really clear or were you like, what the fuck am I doing?
1: (laughs) All of it, all of it. I I will say like from writing it to publishing it it took me four years. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it was the mental blocks that were preventing me from just feeling confident enough that I had something to share and that like, um, that even though there might be criticism or people that would judge me for my story, that it still was a gift. And I had to do a lot of mental work, um, with limiting beliefs and all of that to, to move through that. So then I could actually feel ready to, to share it. And the night before my book launch, I was like curled up in a ball in the corner of my room, like sobbing, like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like, so afraid it's just going to be a total shit show. Like, what if nobody likes me anymore? Like all of these things. And the next day I woke up and I felt actually ready. I felt, I felt it was time. And what's really beautiful about that whole experience was once I published the book, I felt like when I went back to read it, it wasn't the same woman who wrote it anymore because I was so transformed. And that book, writing the book was a part of the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And that led to some good things as well. <laughs> Tell me, I'm going to kind of skip over actually probably a lot of the journey for, like, I'm curious, what do you have going? Did that Was that what opened the door
1: for moving into the healing work that you do? Totally, that was like my breaking absolutely my breaking free point and then and then I went down to sit in the jungle um with grandmother ayahuasca about I think like two weeks later on my 20th birthday and working with that plant um even opened me up to my power and my belief in myself that much more then when I came back I really started to say no more bullshit I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna honor this path that's calling me, and then I started to really, um, really step into my gifts as a as a healer, as an intuitive, um, that much more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the work you're doing right now.
0: Tell yeah, me all so, the things. What do you got going on?
1: <laughs> sometimes it's really hard to explain because there's so many tools that I use. Like I love to say, I have so many tools in my medicine bag that I. I bring out intuitively um, when I, when I work with other people. So I work one-on-one with clients. Um, I host healing circles uh, monthly where we get together and I'll do like shamanic journeying. Um, I'll work with a mother cacao um, as a plant ally or some other herbal medicines that I work with. Um, I really just like one-on-one if we're working or even in in a larger group, I'll feel into the energy of what's really needed And then given what the person is telling me about, like their struggles or their blocks or their circumstances, I'll just take one of these tools out of my toolkit, which could be like a past life soul regression. It could be um, an energy clearing, whatever it is that I feel like is needed for that person in that moment. Um, And then we just kind of dive right in. Mm -hmm. Um, I usually work with people though, like at least for six months, because I feel like you do one or two or even three months of sessions, we're just peeling back the onion. And a lot of people are, a lot of people that come to me are either like struggling with relationship, career, just really misalignment in their in their day-to-day life. And they know that there's, there's so much more for them, but they don't really know how to access that or find clarity. Um, and then I also work with a lot of people that are in their dark night of the soul moment. So kind of seeking like, everything that they've known to be true is also not true anymore. But then they're like, okay, what do I do now? What do I do with this, um, this veil that has been lifted? And so I support people with, with that as well. Um, So that's like one part of the work that I do. Mm -hmm. Again, I do so many things, but another thing that I really love to offer is um, medicine through creativity. So I am a poet, a writer, uh, a spoken word performer. So I really love um, the idea of, of supporting people and, you know, myself, like getting out there, showing up, using your voice, using your story as medicine, um, as inspiration for other people. And a lot of people also want to know how to develop that confidence. So they'll come to me as well. if, If they feel like they have a gift to share and they don't really, um, they have all these blocks that are preventing them from sharing it with the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: I love it. That's one of the things that I enjoy about you is there are a lot of, a lot of us that are creative and visionaries have a lot of different tools in our tool tool belt and also a lot of different interests. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we can be fed this idea that we're supposed to like fit neatly in this box to be successful or to be understood or to be like clear about who we are and what we do. And, um, I like that you kind of lead with who you are, um, versus mm-hmm. like, like including all of those different things instead of, again, this sort of like box that says, you know, if you have this problem, then I will give you the solution.
1: Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Um, just reminds me of like we are all multidimensional. We all have so many different layers and and parts to us that we can't be put in a box. If we are put in a box, it's so limiting. And that's the deconditioning that I I would do for myself, but for many much of my community is like there's so much more to you than you even know. And let's peel back the layers to find out what's really at your core. So then that part can be what you lead with in every day of your life. And um, I, I think like even in in group work or in client work, just one-on-one, so many things can ca- happen, but really what's missing is the integration part and like the structure. So a lot of these th- times, like we have these visions or these messages that come through and it's like, well, what, what do we do with them? Well, that's the, that's kind of like that's the feminine creative flow coming through. It's like, let's put some masculine structure on that. So you can actually make your dream happen in real life versus just have it be a dream for the rest of your life.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I find that a lot um, in this kind of work, especially for folks that are finding themselves in a place in their life where they're sort of being propelled into their healing journey or awakening journey and, or, with the increase in interest in plant medicines, what I find a lot of people do is they go away, they have this really big experience, um, mm-hmm. and then when they come back, it's really hard to readjust to regular life, or it feels like um, – or they make – sometimes the work can give you, like, it looks really shiny at first. Totally. Um, which is tricky because it's both inspiring and that's part of like shaking things up, I think. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, it's sort of like going away to grandma's house for the weekend (laughs) (laughs) where it's like so much fun, but then like, so, but now what? Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you offering some of that bridge and support there too, because it's really important.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, again, like I love plant medicine and I know many people are starting to, to utilize it. And, um, I think, as I mentioned, I I just graduated from InterTREC, which is, um, Oregon's first psilocybin facilitation licensure program. And there's so many, you know, so many things that have to, to, to be set in order for that to actually, go through in an in integrity in and a respectful way. So we'll see what happens with that. But even just working in alongside that community, there's so many people that are, are desiring support with plant medicine. Um, not just the ceremonial piece, but again, like the integration. And I just find like, it's just, it's 95% of the work is an in integration. And so um, if you say you go, you know, you end up, you um, going to Peru or Costa Rica or somewhere else to to do a plant medicine journey and you're needing support integrating that into your day-to-day life. Um, I'm I'm here to support you in that because it's so nuanced and there's so much that happens that we can't understand. And sometimes we don't find the meaning for years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's powerful. So tell me, you were saying...
0: You you're out of the country right now. Yes. <laughs> um partially well, tell me a little bit about what you have going on in your life right now.
1: Yeah, so my partner and I actually put all of our stuff in storage in Portland. And now um we're saying we're, we're like on a spiritual pilgrimage down in Central and South America. I came down to Mexico first to um get my practicum hours for my psilocybin um facilitator. Licensure. So I had to come down here and, and do some practicum. And it, oh my gosh, it was the most powerful healing experience I've ever had. And I've sat in many mezzan ceremonies, and it was it was the fire that reignited me in so many parts of my life. Um you know, if we want to get in the story, we can maybe at a different time. Uh, but yeah, it was really powerful. So I started off this spiritual pilgrimage with like an initiation. Um, And so now I've just been really kind of seeing where my services are in alignment to the communities that I'm traveling through. Um, And so it's been a month in Mexico. I've met so many beautiful, wonderful people feeling like I'm expanded in this place of being in service and being um, so shared with where I'm at and what I'm doing. And then we're gonna be heading towards Peru next week to do um, a master plant dieta and really do more of the deeper work in the jungle, which is a dream I've always wanted to do. Um, so I'm really excited to to go there and meet grandmother ayahuasca again, who is um, I, you know for those of you that don't know about ayahuasca, she's a she's a feminine energy, and I call her grandmother, and I just have so much deep resonance for her, deep reverence for her and deep gratitude for her. Um, so to just go where she, you know, she is the most potent, um, in Peru is, is just such an honor and a blessing. And I'm excited to come back to my community after that, um, with all the wisdom and medicine that I have to give from that journey. And I believe, I believe in working with healers who are doing the work themselves. And, um, and so for me, that's a huge part of my journey is making sure I'm always continuing to do the work, even when it's so fucking challenging and uncomfortable. <laughs> 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 but, you know, sometimes plant medicine is, you know, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Another thing, one, one of the things that you don't necessarily see when you get started on this journey is that, again, it can look pretty shiny and it's always worth it. It's always so worth it.
1: Yeah. I always say like, you know, this might not be true all the time, but I feel it to be true in my experience. Like you must go through the darkness in order to uncover the light and the darkness can be really scary at first. Cause for those of us or you that haven't really leaned into it, it can feel like you might be stuck there. You might not understand what the teachings are until you move through it. And then on the other side, there's this wisdom or medicine or revelation that comes that can ultimately better your life and, um, give you more understanding as to why you're here. And, you know, um, really like all the bigger questions, I feel like a lot of us have, um, trouble, uh, finding answers to. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were saying we didn't get into it, but you are saying you're also, you're kind of sitting on some stuff right now or know if you're grappling with things but tell me a little bit about what you have going on
1: yeah i mean let me just like ground into myself here um so what came through and like and i'm I'm gonna cry and I, i and i love my sensitivity so i'm just gonna allow that to be here um welcome it in um what's been challenging for me these past I would say this past like nine months is like really feeling um connected to community and sisterhood um I have many sisters that I grew up with that I'm still very much close with but in my day-to-day and you know they're in other states and doing their own thing so there's um, less I feel like physical closeness that I'm looking for and deep intimacy with sisters that I'm that I'm feeling like I did I want. Um, but yet sometimes I can feel like I have a hard time trusting sisterhood relationships because in my partnership, we we have so many touch points with each other. We see each other every day. if some if there's rupture that happens, you know, we can, we usually obviously find the time to repair and and talk through. And, and I think with friendships that can be a little bit more challenging because we're not so close all like in proximity all the time. And so, um, something that came through in my last medicine journey was how I don't so much, I have a challenging time trusting the feminine because of my mother wounding. Um, because I didn't feel the protection or the love or the nurturance from my mom um, that I needed to at such a young age. And so I saw that connection, and it's been really hard because I feel like all I want is sister connection, but like it's really challenging, especially if I feel like I'm meeting other sisters but that aren't necessarily ready to do to also do the work of, of rupture and repair and like meet me in that, that conscious connection. Mm -hmm. And so, um, part of this journey for me is like understanding where I'm getting in my own way of having that connection, but also what more can I do to, to show up as even a trusted sister myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's been on my, on my heart a lot lately. Yeah. I feel you there for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll just name this piece too, that even, uh, even coming into, well, yeah, I'll be very transparent, I kind of testing and experimenting with having these conversations and these live like healing sessions that are transparent on the podcast. And part of me is excited about that for the opportunity to like, just tap into and connect to other people and just like show what the work is. Mm-hmm. And, and I have like a little bit of a conflict because on the one hand, I do want to show off. I do want to show like, again, what this work looks like and what I can do and what I also don't want to do. Cause there's like the story that's like, oh, well, I mean, I think it's true. There's a story that you can, sh- if you show up and you're really vulnerable, then that tends to like speak for itself and like call in people that want to work with you, which is true. But then on the other hand, what I don't really want to perpetuate is this thing where it's like, oh, come on the thing. And then I'll do a thing for you. And then that will show that I'm like somehow more powerful.
1: Mm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. Um, see. <laughs> yeah. There's a power dynamic between practitioner and client, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I noticed that too, like on both ends of it, like when I, I've had the experience of like coming into my power and showing up in my power and then triggering women around me, um, especially with like teachers sometimes that are like, once you start to like really progress and like feel it, then they start to get threatened and you can get into all kinds of crazy shit. Um, similar dynamic, we're talking about plant medicine where. And actually, just being new, getting into like healing work in general, there's this place where sometimes when people come into the work and it's new to them, it's really exciting. It's like maybe mind blowing. And so you have this dynamic that, on one hand, they're really excited, but they don't actually have the background or the expertise to be holding other people through medicine experiences. And also, just because you're new to it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be holding other people or that your training has to look like somebody else's training. Mm -hmm. So it's a conflict that I feel a lot too. And where I feel like I see more people kind of getting on their sort of high horse about who should or shouldn't be. Um, There's part of me that really agrees with the intact, like holding integrity around the thing. But I think if we're being honest, a lot of it is that they're afraid that they're going to lose their job. Is essentially what's also happening. Yeah. And I can feel that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the work, I, I mean, i I've, I've played around with one of the things that I kind of joke, not joke about is like, I want to train people, like put me out of a job, <laughs>
1: you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there yeah. will be so many medicine people that, <laughs> that nobody will go to you because there's 20,000 other practitioners they can choose from. Yeah. 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 I, I feel that. Thank you so much for sharing that so honestly. And that's something I also think about too, when I'm at more of a scarcity level, but when I feel like I'm at an abundance trusting level, it's like people will, you will still attract those people that are meant to work with you at that certain time, you know, and that doesn't make you any less or more valuable than somebody else. And, um, like, especially if you're on the healing journey for me, I'll speak for myself. Like I have many mentors and teachers that I see regularly, but there's a point where I had to plateau or I feel like, okay, we've kind of done enough work that I think so now it's time to go to the next person and then their, their flavor, their medicine's going to give me something different. Right. Cause we're all unique. Even if we're all teaching the same thing, it's still unique to us. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that like spirit would give us all of these opportunities to serve if there wasn't enough people to serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel like when I'm in my higher self, like trusting, um, momentum, but I totally, totally can can agree and see that other side. There's there's so many nuances and complexities to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that is happening also is, and this I think relates to a lot of the work that you do and you offer, um, is it's less about the tool and more about the practitioner. Actually, like it's less about that they, they do Reiki or that they work with plant medicines and more about that you have some medicine that I probably need.
1: Yeah. And honestly, number one is safety. If I feel safe with that practitioner and I feel like they're in integrity with the service that they're offering, because that's how I feel like what I embody, then I feel like free to kind of fall in and and trust and surrender. Mm -hmm. But some times, especially when we're talking about safety and trust, a lot of us have that wounding that takes a while to build with somebody, even a new practitioner, even somebody you may have been like following for a while. Like you have to feel that safety and trust in order to feel like you can be that much more vulnerable and that much more open. And then when you're that much more vulnerable and open, that's where a lot of like the big work can can happen. Mm-hmm. So, so I think um, normalizing that trust and safety takes time to build, just like it would in any relationship. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm curious um, if you're comfortable sharing if uh, some more specifics around where you're kind of experiencing the wound with the feminine.
1: Yeah, so this is going to take me to get pretty vulnerable, um, which And disclosure here, this is what's hard is because I know many of my friends are probably going to be listening to this podcast. (laughs) And so I want to make a disclosure of like, um, don't think it's you that I'm talking about essentially, you you know, um, because it most likely is not. But I'll have some, I've had some instances within the last year where I've met new friends where it feels like, again, there's some rupture, some disconnection that happens And I, with sisters, especially, I feel like there's this, maybe it's like lack of safety or lack of opportunity for repair. And so then it kind of, we just kind of end up just going our separate ways and like, and then we're like, all right, that's it. And like, that is so, that's, I mean, that's so wounding to me because I have the abandonment wound within me. And also it's like, Um, when I feel like I try to show up and I'm not saying I'm perfect, I definitely have avoidant tendencies myself. So I'm taking accountability for my end. But sometimes when I feel like I try to show up to be more secure or more forward of like, I'd like to give repair to this relationship, I feel like I'm not being met there. And then it feels like it just ends. And then Mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay, what the fuck now? like, all right, I can't, I can't control any of that. And so it's like, all right, that friendship feels like it's kind of over. And now I feel like I'm back to square one again. And I'm, I'm also understanding friends come and go in your life. They're not supposed to be permanent, but I think there's this, this deep desire for sisterhood to feel much more grounded and connected than it has been for me for the past couple of years. hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Does that all kind of make sense? And I can give more detail if needed. Yeah, that makes
0: yeah that makes sense to me. I'm um, going just feel for a second here. So when you're talking, I don't know that this will mean anything, but when you're talking, what I See or feel is sort of like I see, like, your 11 year old almost like up on this little mound, like, kind of warrior esque. Mm-hmm. Um, makes me think of that game, like, Zelda? yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it feels like there is like this fine line that she's exploring Mm -hmm. well it feels like what it feels like to me actually is like she's on the line and if she takes a step to one side then it's like disempowering to herself Mm -hmm. and if she takes a step on the other side then it's like sort of like over she kind of gets into like proving or like demonstration or like trying to like, yeah, demonstrate a thing. So it's like, Ooh, that's a really narrow place to be standing on. Um, so I wonder, let's just kind of look at that a little closer and see what's true. And also, I mean, I feel this way often as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's look on the side where if she takes a step, it feels like disempowerment. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll just have you name whatever
1: is coming up for you here, what you notice. Yeah, like people pleasing. Not not like um not honoring like my needs or boundaries in order to just keep the peace It's mm-hmm. like that's what it feels. Um feeling overly responsible for somebody else's reaction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like self-abandonment, like not showing up for myself in order to appease another Mm -hmm.
0: and what feels unsafe about that
1: oh um like there's this taking advantage of or yeah yeah it feels like this taking advantage of um and then I lose connection to myself and my truth and my path in order to keep connection or the peace and to keep somebody else comfortable, mm-hmm. which I get lost at sea.
0: Let me feel for a second here because I feel like um I feel like there's almost like this. disorientation here um
1: as i'm even talking i feel it in my throat chakra mm-hmm
0: yeah what i'm experiencing i'll just i'll just keep naming this and we'll just keep playing um what i'm experiencing is like the thought of yeah it's like i have to make sure i don't fall over this line because if i fall over this line what it what i see is like this like whirlwind it's almost like this like sucking or pulling mm-hmm. And so I guess what my question is, is, is that true?
1: I think there's a part of me that wants to say no. And then there's also part of me that wants to say yes Mm
0: -hmm. um we don't have to go here if you don't want but I feel like there's like a little one in you that's like pointing directly at a thing
1: Hmm.
0: and I wonder if you're available to speak it
1: Can you give me a little bit more context? Mm -hmm. It's okay if there's like, you know. Uh, Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I
0: see her. um, Okay. I see her crying and pointing at another girl for sure. Mm. Uh, She seems younger than 11 for sure.
1: Well, I know a lot of my distrust with feminine energy comes from my mom, but it also comes from my sister. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. As a little one, she she is 18 years older than me and um there's a lot of feeling less than than her and being told that I was less than than her. Um, and she was very manipulative and um, yeah, I, I gave over my power a lot to her as a young girl. So I think that fear present mm-hmm. of like giving power over to somebody.
0: Um What power?
1: Mm. I think just like my authentic power. Um, Like, again, there's this like feeling like being played around or toyed with or Um, And Mm -hmm. like, I'm not grounded and present enough in myself to say no or to stick up for myself. I just kind of give over to what the other person wants because it's easier and it's also familiar.
0: Mm And then that. And also that feels
1: unsafe. For sure.
0: It's interesting here because I, I mean, I'm sure you deal with, I'm sure you look at this with clients all the time too. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to me because like the, my story or tendency or what like my normal go-to would be is to like, oh, we take the power back and, you know, like, you stand in your boundaries and see that it's safe to do that and all these things. Um, Or, like, playing around with, like, she is older. I mean, it's not okay for her to mistreat you, but she also does know more.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I'm just curious what it would be like to
1: Lean into that. The challenging part is that a lot of it was actually, actually, like manipulation and, and not trusting. Mm-hmm. It came from it, it. It came from a non-benevolent place. Um. And and. It's hard without sharing her history and her story, and but it, um, it's very much like more of an abusive place. Sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 So it's like a hard no. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I have been noticing is, um, like a series of interactions where, um, where it's like two people will actually be like living kind of in like different realities mm-hmm. and then they meet and there's a place where my tendency is to want to like, cause I can see all the sides is to want us to get into agreement about what we're seeing. Like where is, mm-hmm. where can we meet in agreement with what we're seeing?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what I'm starting to wonder is if those scenarios are actually for us to see like drop into the depth of our knowing of what our experiences and what the other person is doing and actually just not change.
1: Mm. I love that. I would, I would just for my own um, feeling into it. And maybe for those listening, can you give an example of that? If it's,
0: yeah, I'll join you. Yeah, okay, this is vulnerable too, because I, because I, there might be people listening that are gonna know the reference. Um, so yeah, I had an experience with a teacher that I just love, um, and I, I, we got to this little weird spot where I was seeing a thing and experiencing something. Um and she was, <clears throat> I feel like I started to wake up to some uh, probably unintentional abuse.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think mm-hmm. she was like, hmm, how can I get these people, you know? <laughs> but I started to wake up to some subtle gaslighting that I think came from not being able to Receive some feedback. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Granted, didn't handle it the best way on my end, so I can I can also take some ownership for that there. Um, everything in me, and also I could see I can see her perspective. I can see like where she was coming from, how she was viewing me, and Mm -hmm. I just don't agree. I don't agree that that's what was happening, but I can totally see how she would think that it is what was happening um so for me it's like my my habit would be can we talk this out let's work this out so that cuz i can see your side and actually what i want is for you to see my side
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and what i think The medicine from that situation, I think, for me was to actually be like, no, I don't actually agree with this. And I'm not changing right now.
1: I really needed to hear that. I really, really needed to hear that because that feels so fucking resonant in my truth, too. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just feels like walking away or putting that hard no is it is might not feel good, but it's also the best thing maybe for that relationship or for the medicine to, you know, to come through. I don't know, but that that fucking feels exactly like what just happened to me recently. hmm buddy Mm -hmm.
0: I think there's a place for that where where I'm at with it is like I could definitely see a pattern with me where I still this is what feels this is what the line actually feels like to me that maybe is similar here there's part of me that is like occasionally goes into the no and fuck you (laughs) a lot of me that's like the no with compassion like the no but I love you and also this is just what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another part of me, maybe that people pleasing side that wants to throw myself in front of her and be like, I did the bad thing. What did I do wrong? And my, my distortion is that if I get all the way vulnerable and like, I like over basically take more responsibility for myself than is actually required that she would meet me there but actually then that flips all the way to the other side of the line where then when that happens, then she can be like, haha, See? Yeah. I've been waiting for did. this. I've been exactly. waiting for you to see. Right. Which makes right. the standstill. Cause then it's like, well, I'm not going to fucking do that either. <laughs> I don't want to give yeah. you that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really honest and really challenging. But also again, like you share, this is why I love, when we can be vulnerable to share these stories, even when it's fucking uncomfortable is because that was medicine to me to feel like I can breathe now. I can just like walk away in peace with knowing Mm -hmm. and that's huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So
0: then um, hmm, I'm playing with two things here. So I'm going to toss them out to you. Um, I want to play. Do you still have time?
1: Oh, I have all the time. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, I want to either play with, I'm curious about the other side of the line where it's the like demonstrating proving. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious about exploring that. And then the other thing I'm playing around with is swapping here and having you ask me some questions and offer okay. some seeing.
1: Okay. Woo, that second one gives me... Heart palpitations. <laughs> um, uh, okay, let me just, can I just like says yeah, in this totally, way? totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The safe route would be to go on the other side of the line and the uncomfortable route, but maybe more empowering route would be to to ask you some questions. So I think, um, let's do that. Okay. It's not, yeah. I'll just trust myself. Right. Trust myself. Hmm. I'm also curious if we want to continue with the same topic or if you'd like to share something different that may be present. Hmm, that's a good question.
0: Um, okay, I'll, I'll share this. Um, I feel like I'm a fairly outspoken person. And I'm really starting to see that I am being very tame with my voice. Uh, I think there was a large part of my life. I was like, as a teenager, I was like super radical, um, and kind of rebellious and very like in your face with my opinions and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And I think that I have made that part of me very wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, probably for a lot of different reasons. And so I'm just starting to realize that she's wanting to come out more and <clears throat> I don't know what the fuck she's going to say. Um, I I guess I'm, I guess I'm afraid she's going to be too in your face or like too aggressive. I'm trying to tame how her, I'm noticing I'm trying to tame how her messages come out. what am i asking here how do i use my voice so that it's true to me and true to what i see because i think that i see some really important things mm-hmm. um without i don't know worry about I don't know if it's offending people. It's not really offending people. I guess it's the backlash. The backlash that you receive from sharing your truth. From people that I maybe respect. Mm. It's less about just like general. Because I've gone through a lot of this work where it's like, I know where I am. Mm. That if some people don't, see that, understand that, it doesn't bother me. But I guess this is the other side of the line. If it's coming from where I see as being above further, further down the road than me, more of a authority or someone I really respect, that makes me uncomfortable. Mm
1: -hmm. What's uncomfortable about that? Mm. Mm.
0: (laughs) Hmm. It feels, I'm afraid that it will look like I'm trying to attack them. Mm. But what I really want to do is just like open up this new way.
1: Mm.
0: Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid that it will look like... um, yeah, I guess like I'm trying to tear them down to
1: make room for myself. Mm. Now I can ask you that question. Do you feel like that is true in your heart? Mm. In your body? Let me actually sit with it before I jump to that answer.
0: No, that's not true.
1: What is true?
0: Um, that I know some things. I'm feel, feeling my mom a lot in this moment here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I was feeling that as well. Yep. Um, She is lovely and it was really important for her not to uh, sort of like start any fires anywhere.
1: So you knowing these things that you feel within to share, what do you think the result of you sharing these things out into the world would be what's your why Mm -hmm.
0: the result i think is that i will be more aligned and more on track i think i'm i actually think in this moment what it feels like is that i'm walking right beside the line i'm supposed to be on Mm -hmm. um And I guess what's scary about it for me is like, and I, well, specifically some of it, a lot of it is in the plant medicine and psychedelic world. Um, and I'm getting more direct about it. We were talking, we touched on that a little bit earlier, and it's kind of tricky to navigate too, because there's legalities and all kinds mm-hmm. of different complexities there. Yeah. I've also been working there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it excites me. Um, but I'm also like, who will I be if that's what I'm doing?
1: Mm. Something that's coming to my mind to share with you um, that came up from a fellow practitioner a couple of weeks ago. She talked about calling people out. Versus calling people in. Mm -hmm. And so the calling people out can feel like maybe there's this attack or there's all this aggressive energy that also in a way might not, depending on how you are, might feel good to share, but also may feel Mm -hmm. like too much. I, I don't know your way of expressing versus calling people in. And again, it's not taming your experience or disempowering your experience, but it's more of a of a way to just shine light on what you've experienced. And that can be your truth versus mm-hmm. what their truth is. It doesn't mean that you're wrong and they're right, they're right, you're wrong. It just, you really sharing what your experience is in your perceptions and and that's your truth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's okay mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm.
0: it's interesting now that you're sharing that like isn't it the same both sides of the line
1: yeah, yeah. I can like feel that in my gut right now. yeah yeah <laughs> sure. Mhm.
0: Yeah. So what I'd like us maybe both to do in this moment is um the invitation I guess is to just and you can play with me here too um give ourselves some more space on this line
1: that we're standing on. Definitely. Mm. I can, like, energetically feel that spaciousness opening. Mm -hmm. It also brings in compassion for me of, like, if I can give myself space on this line, then maybe I can give other space on this line too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of ending that game of stepping into somebody else's lane.
1: Yeah. And again, I think as long as we continue to check in and be an integrity with where we are and what our lane is there's no stepping over or pushing over there's just who we are on our path and everybody else on their path And it doesn't look the same and it's not supposed to look the same and again that 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 truth within as long as we're being guided from that place I feel that that's all that really matters. Mm -hmm. And we have to know what that place is though for ourselves. And we have to be really honest with ourselves of what that place is. And when we're outside of that place too. -hmm. How does
0: that feel? Good. I just want to say thank you. Thanks for meeting me here. Yeah, thank you. It's
1: such a pleasure. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Well, I feel like that's complete. Does that feel complete to you? Yeah, it feels complete to me. Definitely. Okay, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for... Yeah, meeting me here, Christine Marie, for the work you're offering in the world,
1: for your willingness to play. Mm -hmm. Thank you for holding the container, inviting me in and being safe enough to explore with me. Um, I know how sometimes intimidating that can be. So yeah, again, just a deep honor and deep blessing to be here Sharing this space with you. It feels, it feels even like the space between you and I on this call, like feels really sacred. That's how it feels to me. Um, and so I will be doing a lot of integration work after this. Call. And yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Happy to
0: call you a sister.
1: Same. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thank
0: you. Beautiful. Well, for everyone who's listening, um, you can find, uh, I'll be sharing all of Christine Marie's um, info and offers on the show notes um, is what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they're interested in working with
1: you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Christine Marie Heels or um, through my website, which is the same thing.com or through email, which is the same thing at gmail.com so it's pretty easy (laughs)
0: um
1: also one thing i I want to share that i didn't get, get to is that i have a community um membership where we come together every month and we talk about a topic and we do some deep deep work into exploring where we're out of alignment with ourselves and coming back home to our truth and it's a really beautiful community so far so it's 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 low low cost but high value um so if you're interested in joining that that membership i'd love to welcome you all in that feels aligned so reach out to me and we'll get on a call and see if it's a fit so thank you beautiful
0: thank you again for joining us today thank you thank you so much (laughs) have you been hearing the call to expand your spiritual gifts and step into your next level of conscious leadership if you're a coach, healer, or a spiritual leader, you can learn more about shaman school and growing your spiritual business on our website, holtonhealingarts.com, or send me a DM at Holton Healing Arts. Welcome to today's member query episode, where we explore questions about spiritual paths, intuitive gifts, growing a spiritual business, and shamanism. Do you have a question for us? Send us a DM at Holton Healing Arts. From a Leading with Spirit Facebook group member, the question is, how do I grow my powers? And I want to debunk a common myth here. Um, A lot of times people will ask me how they can activate it or unlock it. How do I unlock my gifts? Or you'll see that rhetoric around is like unlock your spiritual gifts. And actually there's nothing hidden or nothing that's, that needs to come to the surface that isn't already there. You always have access to all of your spiritual gifts. They're always present. It's not that they become unlocked. It's that you see them. And the way that you see them where you didn't see them before is to be around other people who are also using their gifts. It's actually super easy and super fast that way. That's how you do it. It's less about reading about the steps and how to's and more about just being in the presence of other people that use those gifts. If there's a gift or um, an ability that you're kind of interested in learning how to do, then you should follow, find somebody who does that and hang out with them. That's how you grow those gifts. That's how you grow those powers. The second part of this is once you begin to see them and see where they are, the next stage to really like grow them, to master them is Is being able to trust them, and the way you do that is by evaluating it over a long period of time. So, like a lot of us are kind of, especially in America, have been trained to get these quick fix fixes or to um, get fast results. And it's like one of those counterintuitive things that if you want fast results, you need to stretch out the period of time where you're going to grow them. Like if you give yourself lots of time to grow them. Then you're less likely to stop and check every time and see if it worked or not, which actually allows you to grow them much faster than you would if you try to do something really fast and then believe that you failed. Instead, when you stretch it out over a period of time, you get to see like, sometimes you're going to miss. It's just like learning how to shoot hoops. You know, at some t- you're probably not going to make it on your first shot. And just because you miss once in a while doesn't mean you're not really, really good at it. So give yourself time and space. This for sure will help you grow your gifts much faster. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Leading with Spirit. If you did, please share the link for this episode with your biggest takeaway, tagging me at Holton Healing Arts. It would also support me if you subscribed and left a rating and review of the show so we can support more people living their highest purpose. Until next time, journey on.